Well, hello, hello. Welcome to Orchid Bloom's podcast. Welcome back, bloomers. My name is Orchid Brown, and I'm your host with Orchid Bloom's podcast. You can find me on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter at Orchid I Brown. Today's podcast episode is on living above your means. One of the aspects that I was assessing during my season of reset was my finances. But I found myself bumping into a lot of people that were struggling financially. And it took me some time to just kind of piece two and two together and realize that most of these people that I was meeting were actually living above their means. So then it kind of made me question, am I living above my means or do I just feel like I'm living above my means? So I had to verify. I documented all that I spend money on and I am happy to say that I am not living above my means. I mean, prior to COVID hitting, I have been very diligent with my money. I've been very careful how I spend my money. I've been checking my emotions to make sure that I don't overspend emotionally. But when I actually put down everything on paper, majority of the things that I'm putting my money into, it's not meant to show off or to try to seem like I'm living a more lavish lifestyle. It has nothing to do with impressing others or trying to live my best life it is all about making myself more comfortable removing the things from my life that that needs to go things that i've sat on a little bit too long and need to clean up so i found that majority of my money is just going to either lowering debt or putting myself in a situation where i have a lot of savings or things such as that So I am not living above my means and majority of the decisions that I have made in life, it's it's more about making sure that I am secure within myself and stability, security and having complete trust in myself is very important. We just don't have time to be dropping all of that and expecting someone to come into our life with all of these all of these aspects that we personally personally need for ourselves and have them try to provide it to us. Putting that kind of expectation on others is just not it's just not healthy. You should be able to provide that to yourself. That's just my opinion. I want to be stable and secure. Everything I spend money on is for my betterment. That is the way I have programmed my mindset to to function for my betterment. I pay my bills, student debt, and treat myself occasionally. Weekly the junk food sometime, which isn't wise. And I should cut back on that. My butt will thank me later. But at the moment, you know, that Popeye's is delicious. All that greasy chicken, it's just delicious. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Maybe for New Year's resolution, I'll cut back. I can't promise. Yeah, I won't promise that. So living above your means, it means that you are spending more money than you are earning. People are able to do this by relying on their credit cards, loans, or prior savings to cover their expenses. However, the process is not sustainable. And eventually, overspending is likely to catch up to you. Since I found myself doing these things, I thought I was living above my means. 
But the economy is in the dumpster. People are barely surviving um, during this time of inflation. The amount of money people are paying to keep their houses and bills are coming out of nowhere. The amount of people I have literally spoken to just this year alone who are who are just saying, oh my God, I got a surprise bill here, a surprise bill there, pop, pop, pop. It's like gunshots in the ghetto. You have no idea where it's coming from. That's where the bills are coming from. No one saw them coming while people are trying to catch up. And it's great because here you are saying, okay, I'm going to hit the ground running. I'm going to get my money. I'm going to do what I need to do. I'm going to start stacking my savings. I'm going to start doing this. And then all of a sudden you turn around, you open a door, bam, bam, bam. All of a sudden just bills. (laughs) I don't know how else to say it, but it really does feel like someone's trying to shoot at you. You're trying to dodge bullets with bills just coming out of nowhere and you're like wait where did this come from where did that come from and i just remember just talking to a few people at work and they were just so frustrated by it because they were trying so hard but then all of a sudden bam 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 and that's what happened (laughs) i don't know what else to say but um a lot of people just felt like they were they were in this motion of of sink or swim most people feel as though they are sinking at some point, I felt like I was sinking. Companies wanted their money now, and they didn't care how they how you got it as long as they get it. It's, it's very sad. It is very funny to me when credit card companies harass people for their money, and when they get it, they are calling to push more services, more credit limit, or a higher credit limit so that they can harass you some more. Debt is lucrative it is a lucrative business and it took me some time to figure that out i kept thinking that maybe the reason why these debt people or creditors or whatever keep calling people and harassing them for their money is because they're broke they gave out too much money they can't afford to keep people and and continue to hold on to their debt but when i really think about it from a business standpoint if you are in the business of selling credit to people and having them go into debt so you can harass them so that when you get the money you can also get tax cuts because of these people who put so much debt under your name it just it's a lucrative business and i thought wow because in my mind i mean if if debts were this bad wouldn't companies stop giving out debts I just it just didn't make any sense to me as to why they kept giving it out unless it actually makes them money for you to to put yourself in so much debt. It makes them money. Then I started noticing that there are companies who buy credit from other companies so that they can harass you, of course, because they just love harassing you. They love to give jobs to people pay them a certain amount of money to do outbound calls where they try to give great customer service just to have people yell at them. You know, it's it's helping the economy to pay these people to harass you. It's great. And if you don't pay up, they promise to ruin your credits. It is one of the most successful business in the world, don't you think? I think so. It's very successful. I remembered once, and I might have told this story in a previous podcast episode, but I cannot remember. At this point, I'm close to about 100 episodes. Don't don't judge me. I won't remember all my stories. But um, I remembered working at a call center when I was in university. And I met this guy 
um, I, I, ca I can't say that I find him particularly intelligent. I know he comes from an intelligent family. Like I think his father worked for the UN. His brother is also working for the UN. And you know they they've made a a name for themselves. They have they have a, a an extensive resume, is what I would say about his brothers. But he, on the other hand, is it's kind of like he just doesn't have it. I don't know how else to explain. He just doesn't have that drive, that ambition, that need. I don't even think he even likes his father because he mentioned to me that his father was abusive. So I feel that he associates success in life to being abusive and being just a rotten human being. And since his brother doesn't respect him or you know they, doesn't really like him as well, again, all these successful people he just feels like they all look down at on him that they all think they're better than him because of his treatment from his his father and his brother okay part of the story that's important we happen to be having co like coffee at tim hortons i don't drink coffee at tim hortons i don't like coffee at tim hortons I don't even know why i said that he bought coffee at tim hortons i bought tea so that's all i would drink from tim hortons and we happened to be on break and we were just kind of sitting down for like five minutes and he was telling me how he was being harassed by a bank. I forgot if it was Royal Bank or TD Bank. I'm not really sure. I think it might have been TD, but I'm not really sure. And I said to him, what do you mean you're being harassed by the bank? He's like, well, I, I owe about $1,500. And I said, oh, okay, that's not bad. I mean, can't you just at least pay the minimum payment now and then just kind of work on paying the rest off and he's like no but they just kept calling and they just kept harassing me and i didn't know what to do and i was like whoa is he stressing out over fifteen hundred dollars so i started getting confused and i said to him are you saying fifteen thousand or fifteen hundred like two zeros instead of three zeros and he's like two zeros and i said one thousand five hundred and he's like yeah and i said that's what they, you're stressed out about that he's like yeah he's like you know my other my other full-time job prior to working at this call center was the government and i said okay and then he said when i got the government job i was like oh my god i'm set for life and i said what <laughs> i'm like did they did they give you permanent and he's like no it was just like a three-month contract and i was like a what now and you thought you were set for life and he's like yeah like i got a job in the government it was great I was in a cubicle with like five other people and it was really small and we couldn't breathe and so many people smell, but it was okay. Like I, I'm in a, I'm in a job that that's well reputable. You know, it's the government, it's the government. And I said, okay. I said, and you couldn't afford to pay off 1500, you know, 1,500. And he's like, no, I just, I guess I just forgot about it. And I said, oh, so you were, you were just really super busy. And he says, no, I wasn't super busy. I was, I was working and I just, I just forgot. And plus I had bought a condo. I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. What do you mean you bought a condo? He's like, well, I got the government job and you know, I, I, the banks were like, oh, you can get a mortgage now. And I said, wait, 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 wait. You haven't even completed a three month contract with the government and the bank was offering you money like a mortgage for you to go and buy a condo he's like yeah they were like throwing money at me and i thought okay maybe it's because you know banks really love people that have never had credit because they're suckers you give them some credit and they'll blow all the money not considering that they can't afford to pay it off and trust me, I've made that mistake when I was in high school. And this is why I can talk shit now and call myself stupid AF. But he was that person. 
And I'm looking at him and I, I was like, you know what? How old are you? He's like, oh, I'm like 30 something years old. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> I, I was just sitting. I could have, you know, the funny thing about it. I'm sitting there for five minutes holding my tea and I had not even opened my tea to, to, to take a drink because I'm just shocked at every sentence that came out of this man's mouth. I was, I couldn't believe it. Not realizing that I was that stupid back then. But in my mind, I was like, wait, was I that stupid? Like when the bank called me back in the day saying, hey, you know, are you looking to invest in a house soon or a condo? If that's the case, we're willing to give you a mortgage. I remember turning them down. And I mean, I kick myself now for doing that because back then I should have just done it. I didn't know what I wanted in a house. I didn't know if I even wanted a condo. And because I just wasn't sure what I wanted, I knew based on who I was as a person that I would not value what I what I had gotten because I would have felt like I was being forced into it. The desire to have the house and the condo at that time was just not there. And because it was not there, I just did not see the purpose in saying yes to a mortgage when I knew I wasn't ready for one. So I said no. But this man was like 33 at the time. Again, I was in university and I, I'm like, sitting there thinking i'm talking to a grown ass man that can't even afford to pay 1500 of his credit card statement and i was like but then the story developed so then i was like okay i understand i understand now he has made some ridiculous decisions and the bank assisted in this thinking that maybe he was actually going places and he felt like he was going places off a three-month fucking contract okay that's great i said okay when when you said yes to the mortgage you know less than three months into this job right i said did you have an inkling that you were going to get extended um and then you you were eventually going to be permanent and he said no not really and i said okay so i said why why did you think it was a good idea to get a mortgage based on a three-month contract and he said well i don't know like i i live in gatineau and you know there was like this this condo complex that was being built and you know i just went in one day and i was like oh i just want to see one of your condos and they were like sure no problem and they showed him just like a mock-up and they brought him to the floor but it wasn't completely finished and he decided on that spot after talking to the bank that he was going to just take this condo the first one that they showed him well why not three-month contract with the government again completely confused so he took it he moved in no furniture no nothing he was like la 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 he did not get extended so when he didn't get extended now he's freaking out now he needed to find a job to now support or at least pay for the mortgage and well he forgot that he had a credit card debt of 1500 and so the bank kept calling him and harassing him i have a feeling it was more than just a 1500 that he told me about i have a feeling that he wasn't even paying his motherfucking mortgage he was living in this condo that he couldn't afford and he 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 was just stuck because he couldn't really find a job that would be able to pay the mortgage so i think they were harassing him for a lot more than that so I said, okay, sir, what, what did you do to solve this problem? And he said that what he did was file for bankruptcy. And I said, okay, so did you file for bankruptcy because you couldn't afford the, the mortgage? Or was did you file for bankruptcy just for that $1,500 credit card bill that you had with the bank? 
And he's like, well, it was for the 1500, the, the 1,500. And I said, but how did you solve your, your, your condo problem, paying your mortgage, if you file for bankruptcy just for 1,500? He's like, well, he ended up losing the condo and now he kind of lives in like a, a studio apartment somewhere downtown. But he says he's super happier now. He doesn't feel pressured. He doesn't feel like anything. And that is why he's working at this call center with all us students, a 33-year-old man. And he said he's just more happy. He just can't deal with the lifestyle of, of the pressure and the rush. And based on how he saw how you know miserable his father's life was and his brother's life is, he just he isn't looking for that level of success because that success means unhappiness and misery. And he was going on and on and on with all these excuses while I'm sitting there holding on to my green my peppermint tea from Tim Hortons, staring at him completely confused because I have no idea why the bank would assume that they should give this fella a mortgage based on a three-month contract with the government. I, I, I'm like, what? what? Oh, debt is lucrative for some of these banks because they get a lot of tax cuts. They, they get a lot of benefits for having so much debt from the people. But, and they, they make a shit ton of money off of people in debt. You know, the interest, if you, if you look at how many people have that credit card and how many people can't afford to pay that credit card, that's a lot of interest. They make a shit ton of money. With the amount of money they make from interest, they'd be able to clean up how many other people's credit cards. Just say, free credit card here, free this, we'll just take care of all your balance. They could actually pull it off, but they don't because it's a lucrative business to have you all owe money to them. This is the man that changed my mind about my credit and how credit can be really dangerous if in the wrong hands. But at that point, I had already put way too much on my credit card because I did not understand what credit was. And so now I'm suffering for it because that's what happens later on in life. You suffer for the mistakes that you make when you are really young and uneducated about credit. What I consider to be living above your means is spending money that you don't have on things you don't need. We will go over that a little bit later on. So right now, I just want to get into the signs, the signs that you are living above your means. Um, this is this is kind of the the points that I I went through when I was assessing if I was living above my means or not. And so let's begin. The first point on the signs that you are living above your means is you're living paycheck to paycheck. Living paycheck to paycheck is a dangerous game. If you find yourself spending your money or all your paycheck, basically, before the next one, you are in trouble. It is hard to get back on track once you've let yourself basically get loose. A little too loose. Loose like a goose. It's not cute. Oh, I rhymed. <laughs> um... It means your bills are spiraling out of control and quickly. The second point is that you do not have an emergency fund. An emergency fund is crucial for your own security. You should always have enough extra cash to help with anything that could go wrong. If a problem arises, none 
of those could be easily managed if you don't have any money saved up. (laughs) An emergency fund is your first line of defense when a surprise comes up. Life is unexpected. Your money habits should not be. You know, upon reading that and writing it out and just truly thinking, I thought to myself, I don't really have an emergency fund. And I was like, shit, I'm fucked. And (laughs) I remembered that I had told myself years ago that the money that I do save, it's, uh, I, I, I'm supposed to forget I have it. It's, it's like, what's that saying? Out of, out of mind, out of state or out of state, out of mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm talking about. Um, and the money that I have, I, I kind of just, I like, I see it, but it's almost like I'm not seeing it. It's, it's so completely odd. I just don't consider it emergency fund. I'm the type of person that will have an emergency fund. I will have uh, a savings that's, you know, building up interest. And then I would have investments, right? So technically, I don't have an emergency fund. So I was sweating when I was going through these lists, thinking about, oh my God, am I really living about my means? And I just didn't notice. Oh my God, I was so stressed. You just don't know. You don't know. So the third Um, sign on the list is that your credit score is below 580 or another sign is that your credit score has dropped so you could be you know a seven something and you went down to a six something it might not be below 580 but it's still dropped and it's still a sign that you're living above your means so having a poor credit score is not only a warning sign You will experience more fees, higher interest rates, and difficulties getting approved for loans, apartments, if they complete a credit check, or even a cell phone contract. Shit. You should be aware of your credit score. And I used to be so diligent at checking my credit score years ago. I have no idea why I stopped. I I just don't know. And the story that I will share about that, that actually got me on to checking my credit score, you know, yearly, or was it the credit report? Actually, no, that's a lie. It's a credit report that I would go and spend money with TransUnion, I believe. That's what I did back in the day. And I would get um, a credit report through them. But because there's so many credit reports out there, it's become, and that's why I stopped doing it. So I had stopped checking for my credit report because I wasn't sure which one to trust because I believe that there's three of them. And I don't feel like spending money for all three of them to give me a report. So I just stopped. But I would like to get back on it. I wish there was just one company centralized that covered all three. And if you asked for a report, it would give you a report based on all three. That would be great, right? So I stopped actually paying to get a credit report every year the beginning of the year january would hit and i would automatically go online and i would pay money and i would get a credit report i would print it off and i would go through everything and what actually put me on doing that in the past is when i left high school no no no, i was still in high school at the time and i had a part-time job it was at giant tiger Yeah, yeah yeah i was at giant tiger and i met this woman she was like 55 years old but she looked pretty young. Like she looked like a child, but you knew she was in her 50s based on the wrinkles on her face. But she was like the super sweet person you've ever met in your entire life. You would love her. So kind. I forgot her name though. 
And I remember just, you know, leaving work with her one day and we happened to be walking because we're going to the bus stop. And she mentioned to me that she wanted to go back to school. And I said, oh, what school are you going to go to? And she's like, oh, Algonquin. And I said, have you decided what program you wanted? And she's like, oh, I'm not really sure. And I said, well, you know what you should do? You should go in and talk to uh, one of the advisors and kind of figure out what you wanted you want to go to school for. She's like, yeah, but I'm, you know, I'm a bit old. And I said, well, you're never too old to change your career and to try something new or to start something new. Never put limits on yourself like that. And so she's like, yeah, I'm going to do that. And then the next time I saw her, we ended up walking to the bus stop again. And I was like, you know, how did it go contacting the college and asking the college, you know, some of the programs? She's like, well, we talked about it and we, we decided on a program. And she said that when she went to apply for it, um, she was trying to apply for student loans and she was denied and i said i don't understand why were you denied is there like an inheritance that you received that you didn't know about she's like no so she was kind of confused so she went uh to her bank and they did like a whole credit score thing and they explained to her that her credit score is so low and so bad that she won't be able to get anything at all and i was like what and she's like yeah and i said you haven't checked at all she's like no i've never checked it for years now so i was like i don't understand like i i don't do anything all i do is i i work at my part-time job um you know i'm a stay-at-home mom she's like this doesn't make any sense to me and so they did like this whole credit report with her and it turns out that she owned like 15 cars in the states under her name and all of this stuff and she was like, what? But because she never checked her credit report, she was unable to to know or at least, you know, select the alert that if someone was trying to use her information to apply for credit in a different country or something or another, that she would be alerted and then, you know, she can put a stop to it immediately. That's not what happened. So she was shocked. She's like, I've never even been to the States. How do I own 15 cars in the States? All over the States. Not just one place, 15 cars in one city. It was all over the States, 15 different cars. And she was just traumatized. She was just destroyed. All her dreams of changing her career or trying to start something just went flush right down the toilet. And she was just devastated, just completely devastated. And after she shared that story with me, I was like, yo, I need to get on my credit report. I need a full report printed out so I can check everything. And if there's something on that report that is not supposed to be there, I need to go find a way to make sure that that's removed or whoever's pulling that shit gets caught. Now you know the story behind why I, I decided to start printing my credit report that story scared the shit out of me that was just not going to be me so that's the reason why and I hope that that story is a cautionary tale for you and I would encourage you to get your credit report every year just to check and make sure that someone has not stolen your information and is using it to to further themselves or better their lifestyle on your name just think about it so the fourth one on the list is you're saving less than 5% of your income or nothing at all. Or you have stopped your retirement contribution. That Those are signs that you are living above your means. Adulting can be difficult, but putting away some money for the future is important. You should be taking a good chunk of your paycheck 
somewhere around 10 to 20 percent is suggested towards your savings this can be hard when you are surviving or living on paycheck to paycheck this means you have borrowed on your own money (laughs) i hope that part made sense but if you really truly think about it it's it's kind of like you're using your credit cards and you're spending 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 expecting that your paycheck is going to be a certain amount to cover that credit card and only the credit card right but it doesn't really leave you any room for anything else not even for savings so it's it's kind of like you're borrowing on your own money so if you are saving less than five percent or no savings at all you might find yourself in some rough waters later on in life I know a lot of people are putting their savings into investments rather than basic savings accounts where their money isn't making any money or any interest on that money. It's considered a waste to just sit there and not accumulate any interest uh, at all, especially over a period of time. I used to put my money in a GIC for years and I'm still doing that, but now I'm looking at invest investment components since that's what grown-ups do (laughs) savings should be a priority you can't work forever and personally i can't say that i love working i don't love working i like that freedom life i want that freedom life why the hell should i have to work until i'm old and gray and with a walker and crippled my back hurts my neck hurts everything hurts my tits are sagging down to my knees i can't do that i i need a plan I need a plan out. I need an exit strategy. And savings is an exit strategy. Number five, the fifth sign is housing costs is more than 30% of your paycheck. Living in a house that you love and made your own is one of the best feeling in the world. The feeling of freedom. Not answering to anyone in your own space. God, that's amazing. I have that right now. I'm telling you, it's a blessing. I will never give it up. I don't know what I'm going to do. I think I even had a conversation with a girl where we're talking about, listen, if we get married and we have a husband, the husband needs to have his own house so we can have our house and have our complete privacy. And I was like, maybe that's not realistic, but that's how much we love our freedom. That's how much we love our own space. It's just great. I understand why Will Smith and Jada Pickett Smith live on each side of the house. The freedom is blessed. Sometimes finding the perfect place requires too much money, which results in living above your means. You might need to lower your standards (laughs) now to be able to afford something better in the future. Housing costs should not make up more than... 30% of your paycheck each month. You need to pay your utilities and food. None of that stuff should be paid with your credit card. If you're going to use your credit card, it means that you can afford to pay it off and still have some money left over to cover your housing, your utilities, everything, plus savings all at the same time. I am always surprised when I speak to people who are paying $2,500 a month on a condo that isn't in their name only to look like they have it. You are living paycheck to paycheck and have no savings or investment, yet you were smart by having a roommate to help pay for someone else's mortgage, but the split is still over $1,000. If the utilities are included, then that's a bonus. Then maybe that $2,500 is not bad. But most places, utilities 
are not included. So you have to make over what, 65K a year to be able to have disposable income to live that luxurious, fancy lifestyle that you're all about. Let's not forget vehicle, insurance for the vehicle, home insurance for the mortgage that you're paying who's who's owned by someone else. All of this has to be included. If you have student loans on top of that, what life do you have? No, seriously, what life do you have if you're going and chasing down the look of a place to look like you got it, but you don't have it? It just doesn't make any sense. And I remember speaking to to some females about this, and I'm just, I look at them because they, they wear the fanciest clothes, the nicest clothes. They drive a super nice car. They've invested how much money on souping up that car to make it look super nice. And windows are tinted, rims are brand new, everything looks great. But you know, they're they they're going out to fancy restaurants like twice a month, and they're they're living their best life. But they have to have two or three jobs just to survive. And I'm I, I'm thinking, what life do you have? You're trying to to show that you got it but you're working three jobs to pay for it. It doesn't make any sense. It just doesn't make any sense to me. The people I know paying $3,500 to $4,000 on a rental have the money. I know them personally. Debt-free, don't own a car, they can travel whenever they want, they are good, good. But others, I just don't know where the money is coming from. A lot of people had to pay the government since COVID due to money they received from SERP. So it's like government assistance. The United States had the same thing. and But I think the United States was dishing out a little bit more money, I feel, compared to what the Canadian government was willing to do for their people. And a lot of people learned <laughs> it was a loan after the fact. Like a year and a half after the fact, they realized that they had to pay that back. I mean, it hit the states first because I was I was looking out for that in the states because I remembered, you know, when you were at home during COVID, we were online all the time. Social media was a muck. There were people, you know, going and, and taking out money when they really didn't need to. And I mean, unless you're a billionaire who decides to take that out, you might get a pass. But for you, for you low income type of people that think you're making a good enough money compared to billionaires, you had to pay all of that back. Some of them lied and said that they couldn't just so they can get the payout. And they went on vacations. They were living their best life off of that money. And I just kept watching the social media, seeing all these people show off their bling bling and going on fancy vacation while up here in Canada. Canada wouldn't let us out of Canada. Like, how dare you get on a plane? How dare you do this? I mean, the struggle was real. The guilt was real. They, I mean, good luck deciding that, you know what, I'm stuck at home for a month. I'm just going to jump on a plane and go to an island and just live my best life. You come back, you're berated by people. How dare you travel during COVID? It was crazy. But, you know, they were doing this in the States. They were wearing their fancy bathing suit and twerking on a beach and drinking it up and living their best life like COVID don't exist. And I was just like, you know, I'm going to watch this and I'm going to be entertained and I'm going to enjoy this. And when they come back, months will pass. They're going to think everything is fine. And the U.S. government is going to turn around and go, bitch, where's my money? (laughs) 
bitch better have my money. You know, the Rihanna style. And let's be real, the government is a gangster. There's a, you take money from the government, you best understand you need to pay them back. So I wasn't really paying attention to the Canadian aspect because I was like, you know what? When that hit, it's going to be silent. Canadians are very silent. Actually, that wasn't the case. I went, I, I went on TikTok and I started seeing all these videos by Canadians talking about how much they owe the, the CRA here, which is kind of like the IRS for the United States. And I think one woman was saying that she owed about $13,000. And I was like, where's that money coming from, girl? You're a business owner. Where's that money coming from? And she was livid because she was just like the rest of us who thought the money was free just so we can stay home. It never said that it was a loan and you had to pay it back when they first advertised it and told us, hey, you need help, like apply for this. We'll, we're giving away money so that you can be secure and you can stay home. No, they never said we're going to loan you some money and pay us back. So I understood what these Canadians were saying. I knew that's, that this was happening in the States, but I felt, I just thought that being in Canada, we were just not involved in that. But then I go on TikTok and learn something different. Now I started getting scared and I was like, shit, what are they going to, I mean, I did the SERP thing, but half of the time that we were going through lockdown, I was working. So maybe that's the reason why, um, I, I didn't, I didn't have to pay that much. I think I only had to pay a thousand dollars this year, whereas certain people, uh, you know, maybe the year before had to pay 2500 And I thought, damn, that's a lot. But I, I didn't really use that much of the funding to maybe owe that much. I'm hoping, cross your fingers, because I swear to God, if next year I have like 3000 I owe $3,000, I'm a snap too. But anywho, the story kind of develops because a lot of these business owners um, actually decided to come together and file a, a lawsuit against the CRA, which is like the IRS of the U.S., because they were under the impression that it was just a relief. It was not a loan. And now the government is saying that, no, you have to pay it all back. And they're like, with what business? Everyone's struggling. The economy is in inflation. Where the fuck do you think we're going to get that money from? You mean apply for a loan? The, a loan that you gave us for free, knowing fully well we couldn't afford it? So <laughs> I'm just going to leave it there by saying that that's a lot of money. They weren't aware they had to pay it back. And it developed into a lawsuit and a lot of people are involved in this lawsuit. And all I'm going to say is that everyone is currently feeling it. So spending your money to look like you got it, back to the point, spending your money to look like you got it, to look like you're a celebrity and you're fancy, not realizing that a lot of these celebrities are living paycheck to paycheck, most likely on their credit or on their loans. They're begging for sponsor deals. They're begging, you're basically pushing to be an influencer, to make a little cash here and there so that they can afford to have content every single day. Like that's a that's a hustle lifestyle, but it's still a struggle lifestyle. They make it look good, but it is it really? You're following these lifestyles thinking that if you just look like you got it, that you're going to get it. No, bitch, it takes work. It's work. 
when you're trying to impress or show off to other people that you got it, it just kind of shows people that you are not financially intelligent. And a lot of people don't seem to understand that concept. Rich people don't show off. Poor people do. Number six on the list of signs that you are living above your means is fear of missing out dictates your spending habits. And I mean, I feel like I already just covered that with my rant prior to this, but I guess I will just drop this point and move on. I talked about this in Fear of Success podcast episode as well on how fear of missing out holds us back from our success. In this case, it can derail our progress in life. Sometimes we all struggle with saying no, especially if all your friends are taking trips together and you want to go, but you don't have the cash and you know the best thing to do is to say, no, I don't have it. And just put money aside for the next trip instead, but you don't. You say yes because you have a fear of missing out. I know that it's hard not to be a part of the fun, but it's hard to dig yourself out of debt when you put yourself in it just so you can feel like you haven't lost out on life. Wouldn't it feel better if you went with all your bills paid, you had your money stacked, you were living your best life, and you came back from vacation with your friends and you don't have to stress about your bills. Isn't that better? I feel like that's better. But a lot of people don't, they don't have the foresight to think about that. Number seven sign that you are living above your means. You only pay the minimum balance on your credit card. You also have been charged on your overdraft fee for more than once this year (laughs) that is a sign that you are living above your means your credit card should not be your main source of spending if you use it often it becomes another bill to worry about most people use their credit card to pay bills as do i that's what i do now every month most of my bills go through my credit card and i pay it one shot it helps to build my credit and i get points I like getting points because then I can use points to buy myself and treat myself some stuff, free stuff. It's great. Some people use cards that give them, you know, points for travel and sometimes they can travel for free if they do this. So, I mean, if you can pick a credit card where it gives you some benefits and you just put all your bills on that and pay it off and just use it just for that, it's great. But I used to make the mistake of paying the minimum payment in the past when I didn't know how to make credit work for me. I'm saying that slow because I really want you to understand. Make credit work for you. Getting your balance back to zero can be hard, especially when you tell yourself you can take care of it next time. You have time. You actually don't. Not paying your balance in full also suggests you're probably relying on your credit card too much, which is a clear sign you are living above your means. Again, living above your means. I put most of my bills on my credit card to help with my budget. If it's only on my credit card and I don't use my credit card for anything else, not even gas for my car, not even food, it's just for bills. It means that whatever I pay, it's it's covered. That's all I pay. I have to pay all of my bills before I even consider spending any money on myself. That is how disciplined I've had to be just this year alone. And 
yeah, just this year alone. I'm not going to say the year before that. I was, I was sloppy last year. Don't judge me. I can't overspend. <laughs> and I have made sure of that because I literally cannot spend unless I have available money at my disposal. If I don't have it, I can't spend it. This is clearly not when, when you are going into overdraft and you're using your credit card to take care of things that you should be able to take care of all on your own. This is a this is clear that you do not have enough money in your account. You need a clear picture of what is going in and out of your account so that you can make better decisions. Number eight, and this is the final sign that I will discuss in this podcast episode on living above your means. Uh, the eighth sign is that you take out loans for the wrong reasons. Loans can be useful in a lot of situations, but using them for things you should be able to pay for on your own means you are doing something wrong. You can take out a loan for school, home, car, but you shouldn't need a loan for rent, utilities, and food. Those are the top eight signs that you are living above your means. As I said earlier in this podcast episode, I don't feel I'm living above my means. Only because I went through this list on my own and just kind of made a list of everything and covered these points. And I just did not feel that I was above my, I was living above my means. But there are some areas that I could still tighten up in. And that's why this list was so helpful to me in that aspect. But I am not drowning as I thought I was. I do find that I am spending more of my time cleaning up the messes I made in my early 20s. And I had mentioned that a little bit earlier in a podcast episode. I kept saying I have time. I will deal with it later. Later is now. And that is why I'm feeling like I'm living above my means. But in actuality, I am not. My disposable income is now being used to pay for my mistakes. I just stay home, make no plans for a vacation outside the country. I will enjoy eating out once or twice a year, staycation at a spa, enjoy activities around town, visiting Toronto or Montreal every few months, trying to make sure that I am not drilling my goal to clean up as much as I can. I still slip here and there, but I forgive myself and get back on track. I hope this podcast episode helps you to assess if you are living above your means. And if you have come to the conclusion that you are not, then congratulations to you. You are awesome. Keep at it. You are amazing. Do not stop. If you have come to the conclusion that you are living above your means, I hope this list will motivate you to do better. That concludes this podcast episode. Thank you for supporting Orchid Bloom's podcast. If you are a regular, do not forget to follow and subscribe to the podcast on your desired platform. Rate and leave a comment. That would be so helpful to the podcast and will bring awareness and allow people to maybe be interested in listening to the podcast, whatever episode they want to. So please support this podcast episode by rating it and leaving a review or a comment on any of the platforms that you listen to. Um, we also have social media pages. Follow us on Orchid Bloom's YouTube channel, the Ambitious Obsession Network on Facebook, 
at the ambitious obs on twitter at the ambitious net on instagram don't forget to share your favorite podcast episode with your family and your friends now i hope you have a splendid day